I'm excited to welcome this month's premier sponsor, Remove.bg. It's an AI-powered tool used to remove background lightning fast. The background removal quality is outstanding, and it's also the perfect solution for professionals with high-volume needs. To try it for free, head on over to Remove.bg and use the coupon code PIXEL10 to get 10 free high-res credits. That's PIXEL10 in all caps without spaces. Try it today. Welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast, the photo imaging industry's leading news source. Here's your host, Gary Peugeot. The Dead Pixel Society podcast is brought to you by Media Clip, Photo Finale, and Advertech Printing. Hello again and welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. I'm your host, Gary Peugeot, and today we're joined by wedding marketing coordinator and thought leader, Olivia Peugeot. Hi, Olivia. How are you today? Hello, Gary. <laughs> I'm well. How are you? It's so good to finally be here. I know you've just been begging for this for years. So, Olivia, tell us a little bit about your background in the wedding events uh, market. Right. So, I'm a bit of a rare breed myself. I knew um, at about like middle school age that I wanted my career to go in the events and wedding industry. So right when I started in college in 2016, I kind of dove headfirst into the events industry with school and that experience. So I studied both event management and marketing. And then I kind of got my first taste of the events industry in 2018, 2019 was my first wedding job and it was an internship and it was pretty, um, you know, grimy. <laughs> like it was fun and it was hands-on. I got to see the beauty of it all, but I also got to see the not so beautiful part of it all. And a lot of the labor that goes into putting an event on. And ever since I've just kind of been involved in the event industry in different ways. So that transitioned me into my position as part-time wedding coordinator, more full-time marketing coordinator at a high-end events venue in Northern Michigan. Okay. So what kind of events did that venue have? Was it solely weddings or were there other events that went on there? We're known as a premier wedding venue. So though we did quite a few weddings, um, a good year would be about 150 to 200 weddings. Um, We also did smaller events Mm -hmm. like, you know, we did your your bridal shower, your corporate event, even um, some children's events Mm -hmm. um, that brought in people local to the community, but also people like I had a client from Iowa come and have their wedding um, at our events venue, just because it was, it's very unique and it's very, um, there's no other place like it. So it was huge. Mm -hmm. So in terms of photography, what was the role that you had working with photographers Uh, at that venue? In my role for marketing specifically, obviously, as I coordinated weddings, I worked one-on-one with the photographer. But as far as working with the photographer on the marketing side, so my job largely was reaching out to photographers, communicating with them, getting these photos from the hundreds of weddings that we have Mm -hmm. per year, Mm -hmm. and deciding how to use them for advertisements, website updates, content like blogs, YouTube videos, social media, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And kind of communicating with them, getting to know each of their styles and getting to know how I can use their work 
in my work essentially. Mm -hmm. So how can I use these photos from this wedding or this event for a blog post coming from our venue or an advertisement for our venue? So it was, so it was a, uh, cooperative arrangement right they got publicity they got they got exposure from that they also probably because they were working with you and your venue they probably got some referrals back and forth so it was very much a uh, one hand washing the other type of relationship right oh definitely there were some photographers that for whatever reason weren't too keen on giving me access to their photos which you know to each their own it's their business they do what they want with their photos if they want it to be be completely private to their client, fine. But we always gave credit to photographers mm-hmm. and always made it clear who the photographers were. Um, and that built some loyalty between them. It offered them the opportunity to become one of our preferred vendors, a photographer who knew our grounds and knew our policies and knew when it was okay to use a drone and how to use a drone at that specific venue and things like that. And also just little things like posting a certain photographer's work on Instagram and then brides who are a big demographic for Instagram, you know, ages 18 to 24, 30. So are on Instagram. So they're seeing those posts and they're seeing those photographers. They say, Hey, I like that. Go to their page, Mm -hmm. get to know their work, get to know their style and reach out. So ultimately, it was a huge loyalty thing. Mm-hmm. Was that something that you grew or nurtured, or is this was that the policy of the venue? Was that something as you know, you as a young marketing professional looking to enhance both your venue's uh, visibility and the photographer's visibility? Is that something you nurtured, or was that something that was in place prior to that? I will say there was an element of certain loyalty for certain photographers that we're continuously coming to our venue. But as far as kind of having them in publications and sharing their work, it was something that I really wanted in my position to build consistency towards. Mm -hmm. Because once I stepped into my role there, it all went very, very fast. And I was very, very young. I'm still very, very young, but I was fresh out of college Mm -hmm. at my job there. And next thing I knew, I was running the department. It was something that was important to me to make sure the photographers we were working with were recognizable and their work was being used in a way to benefit their art mm-hmm. and promote our venue mm-hmm. as well. Right. Because they obviously wanted someone who was going to make your venue more appealing, right? So, you know, there's right. ways to, you know, highlight a venue because it was a very picturesque place. So it had a certain visual appeal and you want people to accentuate that. So if you have a new photographer who's maybe starting up, how would you how would you suggest they approach like a destination venue to become part of a preferred list? I mean, it's kind of a hard way to break in, isn't it? Yeah, I will say there are plenty of amateur photographers out there who just got a camera and they are ready to dive in and take on all the weddings and they're reaching out to me saying, hey, I want to do a wedding at your venue. What would it take to get me to do that? And I say, hey, that's not really how it works. You're going to have to build your clientele yourself. And then the more you come to us, the more you work with us and understand what we're looking for in our photos Mm -hmm. and what our clients are looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, In a recent guest, we had talked about how you know, photographers really can grow their business, not only by talking to brides, but also 
building relationships with event venues and coordinators. That's that is something that they tend to they actually get more referrals from those avenues than from brides or even you know the other people in the wedding party. I will say a huge thing for whether you're an amateur photographer just starting out or you're like a landscape photographer and you're trying to transition into doing weddings and other shoots like that. A great way to get your foot in the door with that was another thing that I coordinated at this venue was styled shoots. Mm -hmm. So styled shoots are a way, you know, uh, whoever, whatever vendor is leading the shoot will hire models, vendors like cake decor, and just kind of make a beautiful setup to be captured strictly to build portfolios. Mm So if you're just starting out, that's a great way to build your portfolio because if you're just approaching brides or approaching venues or other vendors saying, hey, I'm a wedding photographer and you have nothing to show for that, it's not going to do much for you. You know, people, especially brides and grooms and clients in general, they want to see your work and they want to envision themselves in that place as that focal point, the subject of the work. But on the other hand, it's very difficult if you're just starting out, right? So you may have to start out with, you know, photographing little kids and, you know, child porch and that kind of stuff and work your way up before you approach a venue. So what are the two or three biggest plus signs you have for working with an event photo- a venue photographer like that? For example, you know, obviously punctuality is a big deal. Reliability. Is it more of that than the pictures themselves? I would say since I did both the coordinating of the weddings and the marketing for the wedding venue with the photos, Mm -hmm. both sides are very, very important because I worked with photographers who I loved their work and they were loyal to our venue. You know, we did a lot of deals together. We helped each other out a lot, but they themselves we're a bit difficult to work with, you know, they just kind of, they show up to our venue. They're like, Oh, I'm here every weekend. I know exactly where everything is. I can go wherever I want. My couples, you know, will listen to what I say versus what the coordinator says that had happened quite a few times. Mm -hmm. And when you're trying to run a very high end premier venue, you can kind of run into some issues, especially when you're hosting three to four weddings in a weekend or a day even. Mm -hmm. And then on the other end, you know, you can be the most punctual, organized, friendly photographer for your client. And then I get your work back and it's just not comparable to what I'm used to or what I see at the high end level, 150 to 200 times a year. It's probably not going to be put out anywhere. Mm -hmm. So you really got to have the whole package together. Yeah, definitely. If you're trying to like, if you're trying to, I don't know, get to that level, but kind of what you said, you know, ask some friends to model for you or, you know, connect with local businesses and see what their needs are and ask if you can do a shoot of some kind to just practice photographing people or taking candid shots, whether it's like, whether it's at a community event or something really small scale with people, you know, like going to the park, it can all be helpful when building your portfolio. Now, obviously, you know, you saw quite a few interactions between photographers and their subjects, right? Brides and grooms, or what were the biggest red flags you saw photographers have in working with their subjects? 
Well, I have a few horror stories. <laughs> well, we have time for that if you want to share. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest red flag is not communicating with your photographer leading up to your wedding of specifically what you want. Because if you don't give your photographer what you are looking for and vice versa, they're just going to show up to your wedding day with a plan of what they typically do or maybe what they had in mind. But if it's not exactly what the couple wanted or the locations or the shots that the couple wanted, those that's not going to mesh well with your photographer. Mm -hmm. You know, if your photographer is running on their own timeline without consulting the client or the client had this great expectation of how the day was going to look and what kind of photos Mm -hmm. the photographer was going to be taking, Mm -hmm. it's not going to end well. And it's going to land back on the coordinator or the venue staff or the marketing coordinator. And you're just not going to end up with photos you want. I always recommended to my couples who are working with their photographers, loads of things. But one major thing was, you know, kind of setting up a meeting or a call and giving a list of what you want, or maybe taking photos from their portfolio or from their galleries online and saying, I like the way this looks. Can you do the same thing for me? Right. Okay. Just generically speaking, where, where was, you see that as like the biggest potential conflict is the misconnection between the photographer and the bride and you're probably the bride more than the groom, most likely, right? In terms of missed expectations, which leads to problems on what in the wedding day. And as a coordinator and a marketer, you're probably thinking this is the last thing we want is bridal meltdown. Yeah, definitely. I mean, also we've seen it multiple times where, you know, you have a couple getting married and they're trying to cut down the cost of things. So they hire a friend or a family friend. Mm -hmm. And that can also ruffle some feathers. People will get offended because then there's feelings involved. And you don't want to necessarily fire your friend or your mom's friend from her club that she goes to or whatever. It's also meant to be professional. It's meant to be... You can, you're more than welcome to build a personal relationship with your photographer and you should, because that better helps them understand what you're looking for. But it's something, weddings are already very emotional for everyone involved and kind of keeping those personal conflicts aside is huge. And that's something I've seen where, you know, you hire a photographer who someone told you Mm -hmm. is great because they did their cousin's wedding and it just doesn't work out. There's been a trend in the last few years, including because of COVID, where and and because of cost, perhaps it seems to be that there's a general trend away from church, big production weddings to more intimate environments, where people are using actually like guests or iPhones, and they're using like you know multiple people taking pictures with their with their camera phones and kind of pulling the pictures, and that's kind of what they do. Did you see any of that? And what do you think of that as a way to contain costs? Honestly, I always hated that. But you saw that. Uh, it was rare, but it happened when you deal with, you know, 100 to 200 weddings a year, you see a little bit of everything. What I always suggested when it was brought up or when it was asked was to do an unplugged ceremony where technology is off the table for guests. You don't even take your phone out of your pocket during the ceremony and you leave it strictly to the professionals. That way every guest can 
enjoy the ceremony and be in the moment and they're not fidgeting with their phone or when you're walking back down the aisle after you've kissed everybody's holding a phone up at you you know it's not a concert I'm always I'm always a big proponent of leaving those things to the professionals I think having a wedding photographer or even videographer will make a world of a difference mm. rather than placing your one friend with the newest iPhone in the front row to get the shot you want. Mm-hmm. I, I can just imagine that's just got to be kind of a, not an eye rolling experience, but an exasperating one as a coordinator where, you know, someone that's, you know, paying top dollar for a venue and they're probably spending a good amount of money on food and beverages and things like that. And the one area that's going to preserve that day forever is the one they've spent the least amount of attention on, right? It's got to be very frustrating as a as a coordinator to see that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It definitely, you know, why do that when you hired a professional for a few thousand dollars to capture the day, right. you know, so that people can upload their own photos to their own Facebook or Instagram? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not entirely necessary. So huge proponent of the unplugged ceremony. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. So what other trends do you see in the the event photography space? Like there used to be for a while, there was sort of the very formal approach. Then there was sort of the journalistic approach where you're getting all the behind the scenes stuff. And then there was the, you know, trash the wedding dress deal where the bride would go in a mud puddle or something. And, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. What What, what are some of the trends you're seeing now? Some of the trends that I've noticed that I am actually more of a proponent of are getting those candid shots versus, you know, formal staged, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it really better reflects how in the moment the couple is on the wedding day, along with the family, the friends, the guests, it shows them happy. It shows them enjoying themselves rather than, you know, being like, all right, next is going to be groom, mom and grandma go stand over here. Mm -hmm. Like get arm in arm, all that good stuff. But but you kind of need that though. I mean, that's sort of you the need that for like the family portraits on the wall, sure. But to better remember your wedding day and kind of look back and reflect on the day itself, I personally love the more candid shots mm-hmm. of the couple or even like the couples interacting with the guests. And I see that more and more. Another is that. Photographers are kind of moving away from kind of going with the more formal element, kind of moving away from like the heavily filtered black and white look. Yeah. Which when it comes to someone who's marketing a wedding venue like me, I'm more inclined to use the photos that are not heavily saturated with color or black and white Mm. because they're timeless. They will always look good on your wall, no matter what color you paint it. In an ad, it can be used again and again, no matter what year, because it just looks much more timeless, much cleaner. Mm. You know, you look at wedding photos from 10, even five years ago, the style of the coloring that's kind of played into is already a bit different to what it's become now. Right. Yeah. You know, there's different technology that are coming to place. You know, there's, I mean, that's what's interesting. I've seen photographers who are shooting, you know, they're shooting digital They've got video going on. They've got drones in the air. They're shooting film for a certain look. And it's it's almost overwhelming the amount of technology that they have available. And 
I'm not sure how much of that is super necessary, but it's out there. It's definitely out there. I mean, styles and trends come and go just like anything else. And they're definitely prevalent in photography. But I always say, if you're looking to take pictures of the biggest day of your life and you want them to be timeless and be on your walls forever, go with that more um, less filtered less trendy quote-unquote trendy look Mm -hmm. yeah because trendy may be like you said trendy but it may not be like timeless yeah exactly great well thank you olivia for your time today appreciate your input uh where can people go online to uh interact with you you can feel free to connect with me on linkedin um there that's where i post a lot of the content that i work on currently and kind of stay updated on. And, um, you know, you're also free to follow me on Instagram. If you want to see just the kind of fun person I am, (laughs) what I bring to the table, some shots of me and Gary hanging out, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) He's an old friend. We go, we go a bit back. We go a little bit back. (laughs) We go way back. (laughs) Well, thank you, Olivia, for your time and, uh, have a great week. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. Read more great stories and sign up for the newsletter at www.thedeadpixelssociety.com.